podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are partnered with charity Blades Belong on Your Feet, fighting knife crime with ice skating, and sponsored by Ivory Tower Fitness, the premier private gym and personal training studio in Colchester. This is episode 30, and it's absolutely jam-packed. We've got results and news from Chelmsford Cobras, Pythons, and the Ice Hockey Academy. We've got a full debrief of the Hockey Hound Britain Finals with the two fine gentlemen who provided the commentary on the live stream. A treat for both of them to call their own teams in the final. We'll find out how that went for them, discuss the result and the result of the national final yesterday and get a debrief on the seasons of the Stretton Redhawks and the Solent Devils. I'm also joined by former Chelmsford alumni, now full GB international, currently out in Korea with the GB ladies side, Ellie Wakeling, and back home from GB under 18 duty in Serbia, with a bronze medal around his neck, Chieftain's fan favourite and undoubtedly GB18's number one, Luca Tassadri. First things first, let's get the results from the Chelmsford Ladies and Academy setup. Starting with the Cobras, the ladies had a double header at the Riverside on Sunday and it didn't quite go to plan. The Cobras, the Cobras still looking to be in the hunt for Sheffield welcomed the Kingston Diamonds and it was a heavy defeat for the home side as the Diamonds ran out 14-5 winners. The second game of the day saw the Pythons host the Streatham Storm, a team who had previously beaten the Pythons 12-0. This time it was kept down to 2-0 and an outstanding performance from Kira Waddington in Nets, facing 61 shots in the game. In the academy, the under-12s mini-chieftains had a 9-1 victory at home to Haringey. The under-18s Mohawks visited the Spectrum in Guildford with 13 skaters and two netties and put in a stellar performance. Chelmsford took the lead on 16-37 through Harrison Prentice with Apples to Bethel Higgins and Shelton. Into the second and the Mohawks started to take control. Towards the end of the period, Prentice turned provider along with Brockbank assisting Ethan Rolfe on 35-29. And Captain Chris Beckett made it three on 37.53, assisted by Metcalf. The third saw Chelmsford complete their victory when on 51.39 the Beckett brothers combined as George fed Chris with 4 0. And with two minutes remaining in the game, Reese King topped off the result, assisted by Harrison Prentice and George Beckett. A superb defensive performance from the young side as they restricted Guildford to just 14 shots, all shut out by Luke Conley. Final score at the Spectrum Guildford nil, Mohawks five. There have also been England selections for the age groups, another successful selection for the Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy. The chosen few are 
Under-13s girls, Lilith. Under-13s boys, Rocco, Louie and Riley. Under-15s girls, Kara, Kira and Connie. Under-15s boys, Leon, Leo and Hayden. And under-16s boys, Alex, Eden, Luke and Joe. Congratulations. Good luck to you all. Work hard and enjoy yourselves. Congratulations to everybody from the Academy there. We are now going to get to our, our chat with the Stretton fan and the Solent fan that had the honour of calling the commentary on the live stream from the Britain finals. We've got Chris Beale from Streatham and Joe Scutts from Solent. Joining me on Zero Pucks Given Now, we have uh, Joe Scutts uh, of NIHL Stats fame on Twitter. And we have uh, Chris Beale, the Stretton fan, who was commentating on the live stream with Joe at the Britain final. Probably slightly happier last Monday than he is today. How are you doing, gents? Uh, yeah, as you just said, from, uh, slightly less happy than I was last weekend. <laughs> I'm over the moon compared to last weekend. <laughs> So, I mean, the the way that you both got to the final last weekend was, was stark contrast, really. Streatham, fair, fairly a tough game against Raiders, but they, they 6-2 in the end. So, it look, looked a little easier than it was. Um, and Solent, obviously, involved in just one of those games that the playoff semifinals tend to throw up every now and again. I mean, yeah, we, we, I think we didn't say it on the... I think we said it afterwards, but I think we we're convinced either that second semifinal is jinxed or Steve Osman is the jinx because Steve Osman has been involved in both of those semi-finals and both of them have just been absolute barn burners with just yeah. crazy finishes. Um, but yeah, I mean, they it it looked like a routine win for us. Um, we you know no, we came in against Romford and just basically we did what we do against every team, which is basically just choked off the offense. And as Joe and I kept picking up on, they, they didn't deny us the middle of the ice, which Solway definitely picked up on yesterday, which is the, the biggest reason why we we, uh, we lost yesterday, which, you know, if, you, if you're going to give us the middle of the ice, Vanya Antonov's going to punish you every single time. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, for you, obviously I was unable to hear it because I was at the venue with you guys. So it was... Uh, I, I feel like I missed out slightly there, but how was your your heart in the last couple of minutes, Joe, in that semi final? That was well. I mean, I've got enough stick for the fact that when Hauschka scored the third goal, you called I it. Said, didn't you? I called it. I said, "You're a Hauschka puts the Dynamos through to the final," and my phone, like the amount of messages I got from mates from Solent and people who were just watching the stream, just went, "Well, that's the kiss of death." It's like. Yeah, no, I've managed to go the entire first season of doing this properly, and that was the first and only one I had the entire year. But it's one of the things, like, the Devils are weird, you know, it's heart attack hockey, it's fine. So there was the game in Chelmsford last October with the Alex Murray goal at the buzzer. Yeah. Just sent it to overtime. And it's one of those things, they've just sort of become that team that seems to get those games and finish up, like, get those games where it's like two goals in the final minute. And... Yeah, Chris could attest to this. I said to him, like, you're trying to call the end of the game stuff, and my heart is going a mile a minute. It was insane. And just, yeah, I think it took a lot out of them going into that Monday. That was the problem. Yeah, it's bound to, isn't it? I think it's similar to Chelmsford last year, actually. You know, we alluded to the 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 barnstorming game between Chelmsford and Bristol last year that had exactly the same finish. Bristol coming from 3-0 down to 3-3. 
Um, but then, yeah, that does take a little bit out of you. And I think Chelmsford were leading 2-0 in the final last year before. Yeah. Before, as you said perfectly, Stratton took control of the centre of the ice. Yeah. I mean, and, Scott, uh, and pushed on to the win. Scotsy will attest to the fact that I was uh, I was the one having heart palpitations that afternoon when it was 2-0 down. He, he, he kept coming over to visit me from the Solent block and being like, calm down, calm down. You're going to do this. You're going to do it. And uh, I wouldn't believe him. And of course, we uh, we ended up we ended up turning it around. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the, who 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 we couldn't have predicted though that Hauschka obviously like the, the, the Hauschka incident um, would happen at the end of that semi final, which was obviously the the big turning point. And I mean, the interesting thing was we said on the commentary, "Will Alex Murray pull the goalie?" And obviously, Scotty said he's not likely to. And the next thing we know. Chico Cole is heading for the net, and Alex Murray has <laughs> pulled this uh, this cunning plan out of out of his hat to send out five forwards and one defenseman. I think we said that we said it on comms as well. I think there was that yeah. momentary bit of shock for the Dynamos where they saw five guys line up at centre ice on that draw, and you could almost see the panic of what 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 do we do here? Who's our guy? Where have they gone? Kind of thing, yeah. and that kind of gave them that you know momentary lapse, which got them the second goal. And you just had that feeling where we're, we're stood behind Alex Murray and I'm watching him right on the whiteboard and he's basically just gone, we'll just do it again, lads, shall we? Might as well. <laughs> it won't work twice, will it? Oh, yeah. it has. Yeah. The, the definition of insanity, doing something several times over and expecting the same, oh, we're getting the same result this time. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the, the Eurohushka incident is something I've not actually really discussed on the podcast. I don't really know how it was up for discussion, what the outcome was, uh, whether he was going to maybe walked through a guard of honour that weekend and left under a shadow. But it was... Uh, call the incident how you guys saw it. That so, was the problem. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. that's all right. It happened live and we were still commentating on a goal and Chris was covering the the highlight and saying what he saw, obviously. You know, the fact that he's the only one of the two of us that's actually, you know, played hockey to a semi-decent level and actually has that experience. <laughs> Me, I'm just I'm just a loud mouth. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The best kind, and we the first we saw of it was when it came up on the clock. It's like you know, Hauschka five minutes, and then of course I get it buzzed over to my phone what the actual call is. And it was only after the game where we went back and checked to see if we had anything for it, and we noticed that on the replay, you just see Hauschka launch his stick. It's I said we said to Chris each other time, it's like a baseball swing. It's you know proper swing for the fences, home run job. And he's tried to obviously not clear the glass, but that's ended up what's happened. I think it was when we saw the reverse angle from the um, behind the goal afterwards. Yeah. Where it was, oh no, that's that's even yeah. worse. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time we didn't, we we had no idea what was happening. We, as just said, I'm doing the analysis. We're watching the replay through, and then all of a sudden we look down and everything's kicking off down by the Dynamo's bench. Um, because uh, this was after it, we'd already dealt with yeah. Mitch Murray. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, that's what I thought. Like we, we can't reference it on the air, obviously, but like th- there had been an incident with Mitch Murray up on that gantry as well. So we, we're thinking, I'm thinking, uh, Murray's somehow got got down there towards the bench, and Hauska's stickers somehow ended up connect, connecting with Murray from from ice level, and then we found out later on, obviously, it was some poor unfortunate fan in the Raiders section who had been uh, and his child who had been clobbered, unfortunately, by it. Yeah, I think he's the, the, the young man whose son it was, as sort of said online, that Hushka came to apologise. He gave him his stick. He's, he was very magnanimous and 
very, very sorry, and he's accepted that apology from him. It's it's one of those things. I think you know we've all seen Jura Hauschka play at this level for a number of years now. Be it in an Invicta shirt, a Romford shirt, a Chelmsford shirt, it's the first time I've ever seen him do anything like that ever. And it must have just been the fact that it was, we, me, me and Chris said it after the fact. It was just that there must have been that sense of how in the hell have we done that? Like yeah. how have we just blown three one in fifty eight seconds? And it's just. He's not that guy, and the fact he went over and apologised, it's, it's not surprising to me. I don't know. If he... No, no, it's not. He's he's one of the nice guys of hockey, isn't he? He's... Yeah, he really, he really is a he's a class act. Um, and like, I mean, if you if you add in the fact that you know, if if it is true that he was that was his retirement game and he was going to go out with the guard of honour, um, or planning to go out with the guard of honour the next day in the final, obviously his emotion is going to be up at that point. Can you know because he's just seen. What he thought was a you know the trip to the final tomorrow is now evaporating before their eyes. Mm. So you know you can kind of I mean not understand <laughs> hitting a fan obviously, but you can understand his frustration and why it was so out of character for him really. Yeah, probably the only rink in in our league, especially where that would have happened because there's no netting in the middle of Milton Keynes, is there? There's no, no. Yeah, so it possibly would have been safer elsewhere, but yeah. Not, not condoning baseball swings of hockey sticks into crowded areas. Um, so into the final then. Joe, did you think it was all over after 35 seconds? Uh, not so much after 35 seconds. I thought we were in trouble when the second one went in. Um, we said it both games that feature the Red Hawks in it. You know, to beat Streatham, you have to be perfect. Which is something that Solway were at the weekend, something so lunt weren't. And the fact that the first shift you have that momentary brain fart from Chico, which is rarer than rocking horse excrement. Mm. And that leads to the easiest goal Streatham will score possibly all year. It, you kind of knew it was coming at that point. Streatham are a team where if you let them get on top of you, then they just beat you into submission. And of course, as soon as it's 2-0, it was just goals in bunches. It was that two in the first period. It's that two in, was it 15 seconds in the second? And it's 4-0. Yeah. It's, you, at that point, it's just a case of, well, they can just shut this down and keep your arm's length. There's nothing you can do about it. They don't need to score again. And it's it's one of those things, it's always going to be a case of what could have been. Me and Chris said it several times during the game of Streatham's era of dominance just happens to have been at the same time that Solon had a golden age of players come through. And the fact that, you know, Streatham have... Correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris. Is it six titles, I think, in the last three years? League, double... Uh, oh, God, even I can't count them now at this point. League, yeah, league, <laughs> yeah six. Yeah, six. It was one league. That's not, me, that's not me trying to be arrogant. I, it's just I've completely <laughs> forgotten. I think it's six. And the fact that Solon, all they've got for it is five straight runners-up medals is for league titles. That goes back to the two in South 2. The last, I, I think there is that sense of frustration of what, you know could have been given another day and if they'd started better on the Monday you know would it it would have been different you know you can't give a team like Streatham a two-goal lead and expect to catch up on it Uh, yeah I mean sorry I was gonna say for the second goal something that I'm sure you see week in week out what Vanny did was just disgusting oh yeah I mean (laughs) some of the goals Vanny Rantanov like score should come with a parental warning um, it, just the the way he cuts out of that corner and just roofs it. I mean, he's always 
every time he cuts out that corner, if you let him cut out that corner, he's going to hurt you. And he'll either look for what what we've done this year. We've had is Danny Inglesby and Ziggy Beasley will hang the net somewhere in that center area. And if Vanya can't find them, he'll just go for it himself. Mm. Um, I mean, that's the thing is like, he's, I, I rather, um, I, I compared him at one point and it got an interesting reaction from the fans. I was saying to, I compared him to sort of like the Wayne Gretzky of NIHL one South at one point, because he loves that area behind, he loves being in Gretzky's office behind the net. Yeah. Um, and he, he loves creating from there and everyone seems to remember him more for his goal scoring. But if you look at his stats, like he generally tends to be more of a, a an assist generator than a goal scorer. Well, that second goal was the assist. I think he, he evaded yeah. board check three times. Yeah. And then fed Ben Painter, who finished brilliantly top shelf. Oh, oh no, no. That, that was, yeah, sorry. Um, yes, I'm getting. We're, we're that was it Warman? Yeah, yeah, it was James did, Warman. We, Warman yeah. stepped it off the blue line and smashed yeah. it. Yeah, we, we had it down as Painter, but. Yeah, we did it. We did it on the broadcast as well. We, we, we were convinced it was Warman and uh, they announced it as Painter and then it got corrected later. Um, but, I mean, that that's the, that's the, the, the umpteenth time now I've credited one of James Warman's goals to somebody else. <laughs> I've done it several times on the uh, on the Twitter updates. With um, where where I've I've just seen a flash of a three on the jersey and had to to guess because the PA hasn't announced it quick enough in the rink and uh, I've ended up giving it to James Warman and it was actually uh, scored by Josh Ely Newman. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a as I say the the game finished. I think it was it five one, wasn't it in the end? Yeah. Um, and the Streatham crowd that were there enjoyed the celebrations. There was a larger Solent crowd there on the Monday than there was the Sunday, which was good to see. But I think it was still only a total of about sort of 450 people in a rink that holds 2,000. Do you think it's time for the two-legged final to return? Uh, I, I think maybe potentially. I mean, p- the problem for our lot was basically everything out of London up to Milton Keynes trains wise was completely cancelled that weekend. Mm. Um, so unless you were driving up or driving up and staying, you, you weren't, you weren't going to be there. Um, nah. East, I, Easter weekend for public transport does make yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I was lamenting the fact that there was pretty much like, we were like, we're in Milton Keynes for the weekend and there's absolutely nothing to do because nothing is open. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Can confirm uh, that he was whinging all day Sunday. That he couldn't <laughs> go anywhere. Well, I wanted to go to the sci-fi museum, but we didn't have time, and it wasn't open. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it it might be nice to see a return of the the two legger because it, it's nice to you know have that 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 intensity over two nights, and it 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 I mean, it could have opened things up for more of a chance for Solent because they have that off first game against us and then the next night they there's the potential of the comeback on on home ice say for example if the seedings work in their favor um i mean i i am inclined more to say that if there's only going to be about 450 people we maybe need to look at moving it to somewhere i mean where in south one you south you can move it to but where you know move it some somewhere smaller like maybe the romford rink mm. um yeah still relatively central yeah. i suppose isn't it the, yeah. the the Romford one to the South teams. Yeah. It will never come to chance that everyone hates us too much. You'll never get 400 people in Solent. No. <laughs> I think I've I've been the I've been to four of these now. I've been the two in the South two when they were at the uh, John Nike in Bracknell and done the two in South one at Milton Keynes. And 
I like the idea of the playoff weekend. You know, you look at Coventry, and you look at all at Nottingham, you look at all the photos and videos you've seen from the past week, and you know it's rammed and it's a real party atmosphere. Yeah. And I've always felt in the four that I've been to, there just hasn't been that. It's always been that. You know, the fan base of the four teams that are there are always there on day one. And then day two, if your team's not in the final, they don't turn up. I mean, I think on a Monday, I didn't see a single person from Oxford or Milton Keynes, like, in a jersey. You could see everyone else there, you know. Chelmsford and Victor were to our left and right. You could see the silent block was pretty full. Streatham's block was pretty full. The Invicta fans stayed off to our right. But then you're just looking around. Like you said, it's 400 people in a 2,500 seat a rink. And I went to the Lightning Tigers game on a Saturday and that place was rammed. Like, you it know, was rammed, I, yeah. I, yeah I, we, we, we stood, I stood rinkside. Chris, had, Chris was with his mates. And, you know, that place was rocking when there was an atmosphere to it. And it always felt just a bit, little bit flat over the weekend. And I know from my, the professional side of me has heard a rumour that apparently they are looking at getting rid of the playoff on the weekends because they just haven't done the numbers that Coventry or Nottingham have done. And I think teams are more likely to want to go back to the two-legged thing. At least they can go with that and say they've tried to do finals weekends. Yeah. They just haven't really kicked on as much as they kind of hoped they would be. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's something to do perhaps with the, the sort of the cost of living stuff that's going on at the moment because it's. I think the actual the ticket is great value. For, for a weekend of hockey, the ticket's incredibly good value. Um, and then it's, but it's getting everybody there, isn't it? You're pretty much from everywhere, unless Milton Keynes, by some sort of stretch of miracle, make it to the playoff finals. You've got to stay there, really, because it's a pretty long way from from everywhere. It's you know hour and a half from Chelmsford, probably what, two hours up from Solent, and coming through London, like you say, if you're going to drive, it could take you up to five. <laughs> so it's, but they're um, the two-legged final will give each team the opportunity to sell out their home rink and make a bit more money as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And, mm. and and as I said, also you know, going back to it, it, it really it makes it less of a foregone conclusion, I think, yeah. because you know all we needed was one perfect game, you know. But playoff weekend, you need playoff weekend two game format. You need two perfect games to win it. Yeah, or even to, to yeah. differentiate it from the cup, even a three game series, if if they could work out logistically yeah. how to do that. I would love British hockey to do elimination series. Like I, with with some of the rivalries you have in British hockey, I think that you know I I, I don't know how well mine and Joe's hearts would hold up to it, but uh, you know I think a, a best of like a best of three, best of five between us and Solent, um, like would be would be immense because I mean Solent showed over the course of the last three seasons, even though they've you know they've always come up with the silver medal against us, like they have had those one games where they end up just somehow pulling one out of the, pulling one out of the bag. I mean, those two nights where Chico Cole came into Streatham and stood on his head, you know, if he can, if, if you know, he does that again in a, in a multi-series playoff format, that that's it. That, that gives Solent the gold medal. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think it's something that would really work. I think the fans would love it. I think the, the players would love it as well. I mean, we've had this year, we've had a 10-game series with Invicta. Um, unfortunately for us, we've had eight defeats, one draw, one win. But uh, they, they certainly have had our number this year. Yeah, and uh, I, and we, we were sick of the sight of each other 
come the end of the season. I, I, I think I described it to, to make a wrestling reference. I described you guys as the Zane and Owens of NIHL One South. You were, desti- <laughs> you were destined to do this forever. <laughs> yeah, the, the living embodiment of fight forever. Forever. <laughs> So, I mean, as a whole, then I'll start, I will sort of work our way up the table. I'm doing a, <clears throat> excuse me, a full season review with uh, Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall next week. Um, but as we've got you guys here, we might as well do your clubs now. So if we go for Solent in second, um, when I spoke to Alex before and after the games of the weekend, I remarked what an incredible season they've had, that the, the performances has actually been their away form that sparkled this year. Um, how has the season gone in your eyes, Joe? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think I said in the playoff program that, you know, the Devils were basically road warriors all year. They lost two games on the road all season. One was on the high road just after Christmas, and the other was a game in Slough at the end of the season when Chico decided that a night at the UFC was more important. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the home form was obviously a bit of an issue, and I've, I've always maintained the whole thing with the Devils. They've always needed that mix of players who are very fast with their hands for home games, but then they want those speed guys for road trips. And that's something they really had this year, especially when they brought in uh, Ryan Sutton, Steve Osman later in the year, you could really tell that they were kicking on at the right time. I think if you look back in the hindsight of it, there was two weekends really, which defined our season. And sadly, in both of them, we came out on the losing side of it. One was the cup semi-final against Invicta where, for some reason or not, they, the Dynamos just had our had our, our name for the two games, and they came in the Solent and drew five all, and then did enough to beat us the Sunday, and then the weekend just gone in the playoffs. The, the the two big moments we maybe didn't show our best. There's been performances all through the year. I mean, there was a comeback against Slough early in the season where again dead and buried came back and win it just before overtime. There's you know the second win on on the high road in three years because Chico Cole does Chico Cole things and uh, it's it's honestly I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what happens going forward I mean I'll, I'll touch on it here you know you lose four big parts of that team in Chico Cole, Ben Locke, Jamie Fitzpatrick, Mark Pitts and mm. um, Muzz, I think, said it to you as well and said it to me. It was, no, it was like an, it was an end of an era thing. They've got to try and rebuild it now. And I'll be interested to see what they do, who they go out and get, because we, I've always said to Chris and to other people who whoever will listen to me, it's like Streatham will always be the best team in that league for this run. This run from 2019 to present day, they will be the best team in South 1. They will have the best forwards in Vanya Antonov. They've had the best E-men in like Michael Farm, Leek Martelli, you've made a case of Sam Waller. But they never had the best netminder in this league. No. And it's one of those things. I don't care. Like, rivalries aside, be it Chelmsford, Invicta, Streatham, Milton Keynes, Oxford, whoever you want to name, Chico Cole was hands down the best netminder South One will ever see. And, and, I I that's, that. and that's me being incredibly biased, but the numbers back it up. I had to do it for his. There's a post coming out at some point if Alex ever posts it, where his career save percentage for the Devils was 920. Like there are netminders in the world who'd kill to have a 920 save percentage for a year, let alone a 10 year career. That's interesting. I mean, Luca, Luca Tassadri is on this episode later, so we'll see what he has to say about that. I love Luca. <laughs> Luca's, oh, one, I love of the, Luca Luca's well. one. Luca's one of the very few players this year who messaged the NIHL stats account to say both 
thank you for everything you're doing. It's really good. Oh, and by the way, can you make sure the shot counts, are, you know, bumped up a little bit? So I can, you know, it's, got, it's got to look good on my Elite Prospects page, you know? Like, yeah, yeah right. I, I love it. I get I get messages from his dad whenever whenever he's played against us asking for the shot count because uh, yep. <laughs> for the exact same reason. Uh, but I mean, yeah, Luke, I, I, I mean... He came in a couple, like at least once this season, and absolutely frustrated our our offense and got them. Uh, I mean, that that I mean, it was a bit of a dead rubber game because I think it was the one in the cup where we hadn't we could we couldn't qualify at that point. Qualify, but yeah. you know, pride still at stake at that point, and you you know, you guys came in and played an absolutely perfect road game, and Luca was a big part of that. And I, as much as it frustrates me that he plays for somebody else, I absolutely love to watch him play. Um, but I mean, going back to Chico, like I will always agree with Joe, uh, rivalry aside, again that. Chico is the best netminder in this league and has been for the past three seasons. And he's been the, the reason why, uh, whenever Solent have beaten us, he's been the reason why. He's just stood on his head. And uh, I think it was summed up quite perfectly when Ryan Watt said to you uh, the night before the final, like Chico was the last goalie they wanted to see at the other end of the ice the next day. Yeah. There's two games that will always stand out in my head. One is the first Streatham game in 2019 where he, got, he walks into that barn stop 66 shots and we walk out with a win and i remember going over there one of the play one of the stretton players mums just walks over to me and just says oh he's doing that again is he (laughs) yeah and the other is it's a game it's the game in stretton from last season which we won in a shootout and he stopped 73 shots that night and you just had that sense of and again much like ben's just done now they're just chilson fans all around roots like how? Yeah, <laughs> you just, you he's just... come to the Riverside and done it. He's, yeah, he's done it to us at the Riverside as well. It's it's one of these you just had to stand there and just like some nights they were just like how I don't know how because yeah. <laughs> because it, it's like our offense is like a I, I, it's a multi-headed hydra. Uh, like if you know if Vanya doesn't score, Danny's going to score. If Danny doesn't score, there's a chance Ziggy Ziggy gets a dirty one on the doorstep. If Ziggy doesn't, Skokan gets one. The Ely Newman brothers, Ryan Watt. You know, you know, cut off one head and two more scorers take yeah. their place. You know, and it's embarrassing. Bridges, yeah. he keeps going on about. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's such a hard life he leaves in South London. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be a big, big man to replace down at down at Gosport. Is yeah. Chico Cole? There's um obviously your your reserve netminder was there, and Knight is also a perfectly capable netminder, but he's the netminders like your Chico Coles, Luke Tassadri's. I'd probably go with Sonny Phillips as well, another former yeah. Chelsea thing. They're they're talisman in the crease and they can win games on their own. Yeah. Uh, which Absolutely. is and it's something that's been said amongst Chelmsford fans uh, to me as well, that everyone everyone in the league respects how good Streatham are. But and with no disrespect to Milts or to, to Annette or anything like that, yeah. they've all said if they had a a Luca, a Sunny, or a Chico, they'd win everything, every season. Oh yeah, yeah it'd, I mean, be fa- always... it'd be the Thanos snap argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always said if I won the lottery, the first thing I'd be doing uh, if I was if I took over Stratton would be I'd fire the money cannon at Chico Cole. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be a big, big money cannon now. I think. It's, yeah, it uh, would be. Work commitments have dragged him away yeah. for the week, but from we spoke on the Monday, Joe, you don't think it will be away permanently. I, I don't know. I know from, I got a feeling that, you know, he was obviously really upset. There's the videos you've got and there's pictures doing rounds. You could see the emotion in his face that he knew you made the decision. 
and I don't. I like to think that there is enough young and up and coming netminders down at Solent nowadays that Chico won't exactly be a stranger there. He, you know, there's so much knowledge, there's so much skill and talent there that he could easily walk into just doing a coaching session every fortnight there and pass on enough talent that they'll learn more. Like Tyler Campbell, uh, Drew Campbell's son, is playing in, who was playing in the twos in the NHL two team this year. You know. He's one of those thing, kids that could be phenomenally good in a few years' time. You know, our, our NIHL two team was bobbins this year, yeah. <laughs> and there were top, like there's games he's walked in there and robbed teams. There's a game against Peterborough at home where he stopped like 55 shots, and Peterborough finished fifth, I think, behind Invicta, and a game against the Fire as well in Cardiff as well. So a long road trip, and then you go and win with a 11 skaters. It's it's one of those things. Chico will be a, a he's a sad loss to the sport, but I hope he doesn't stay away for too long. Mm. You know, enjoy his holiday, come back and help out the kids a bit. So, well, something that may affect both teams because it's probably sort of equal distance between the two that we haven't got Basic Stone Bison in the National League next year. So, would their players keep their skates sharp in Streatham or in Solar perhaps for a season? Well, I mean, they both have connections within both camps. I mean, um, I, I mean, I, I've heard rumours over the uh, the weekend in Coventry about a few Bison players that might be might be coming up coming our way. And I mean, I've eyed up that roster. There's certainly a few players that I wouldn't mind seeing in a Streatham jersey. Um, but I, I, you know, I mean, the, I could see some some of the Bison players coming to us. It, it, it's all it's all based basically like you know who's willing to make that long journey. From from Hampshire up to up to us in south south southwest London for training for obviously for training and then obviously the games on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the easiest place in London to get to. I mean, it's not quite Twickenham, but it's not the easiest place. No, I was quite lucky. I used to live five minutes walk around the corner from the arena, um, but now I'm I'm now living in Croydon, so uh, it's a bit. But it's obviously it's a bit more difficult for uh, if you know if you're Hampshire if you're a Hampshire based hockey player to get here. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Hampshire based. I get a slough every week. Don't give me that nonsense. <laughs> um, I, I've heard there's a few like there's a few doing rounds. I know there's a a couple potentially looking at Gosport. I know there's more than a few who are staying in the National League in a rink, like I said, that has the South One team in it that tried to go national. Um, there's like there's going to be loads of rumors. The problem is with Basingstoke nowadays. Now for this year is essentially it is just you know here teams come and feast at the all you can eat buffet come take your pick of what you want and yeah. have them on have them on loan for the year yeah. so i'll be to see how many want to stay at the national level and you know give it a year playing for a different team or how many want to you know maybe a bit easier go down to south one and potentially go and run through another train with Stratton because they haven't won enough trophies in the last few years <laughs> well some Sorry, on, Chris. No, go so, on. I, I was going to say, mate. Like you know, like I, those. I, I've said it on Twitter. I think like it's like the plaques. They remind me of the Beskar ringgits from the Mandalorian. So we've got to complete our suit of Mandalorian armor <laughs> at some point. And at some point as well. At some point, we're going to have to sit here and just discuss Star Wars and Marvel and DC and not hockey because <laughs> I think we'd be here for longer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So at the start of your season, Chris, there's a few people that actually thought this might be the year that someone pips you. You had a few sort of players there. You obviously Farney left. Malik went on a two-way to Milton Keynes where he did get quite a fair bit of ice time. Um, ben Painter stepped up into your coaching role. 
But then you've had some real good quality youngsters come through as well this year. Yeah, I mean, that's been the great thing this year to actually see is because like, my criticism, especially during the, the Jeremy Cornish time, was we didn't have any depth. Um, we, we had these very compacted but reasonably like quality like good quality rosters but if anybody got hurt you know we we would basically be down 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 players and during we, we kind of had that a little bit as well during the Farney period um and then this year with Ben bringing on Oxen and Tombs and Maslak uh and they have just they, they've really fit in really great I, I mean you know you wouldn't expect um Emil Oxen and Preston Tombs like they're, they're their first game, I think Oxenden created one of like the goal that sealed the game for Ben Painter in his first first game, and Maslak got two goals uh, a few you know a few weeks later again in that um, sellout home game uh, against Invicta. Uh, they, they, you know, it's good to see that we've got like something in the pipe. I mean, as as we said, like you know, uh, oh woe is us with our uh, our, uh, our 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 treasure chest of, of tre- treasure chest of riches, you know. But um, it, it it's it's good to it's not it's good to not have to when i when i do the the team sheets before the before twitter to go down it now and not have to worry about oh we're a bit short here and there i don't know whether we because you know we had that early season blip where we lost over those those two weeks first to solon and then obviously we lost lost to you guys and it was like it is it and and we weren't winning games the way that we you know we had the couple of seasons before we weren't Winning by ridiculous, you know, by the ridiculous cricket scores, we were. NK <laughs> Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> that's an exception to the rule. Um, um, and um, it it did have me asking if uh, if you know somebody was going to pip us, but then something just seemed to click in them after after the after those two losses, and they just went on that ridiculous run towards the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think you were defeated until after the title was confirmed. Yeah, hey. yes. Yes, uh, I believe... Uh, so who, was, who, I believe who, who did that out of interest? Yeah, who that was, was at Chelmsford. <laughs> <laughs> and to, but to be fair, I did actually note in that episode of the podcast, in, my, in yeah. my match report, you were quite short-benched, and I would imagine there was been some celebrations had. Oh, yeah. But but, um, but we did put you to the sword. Yeah, but I mean, but, I mean, this is the thing, though, as we say, like, you know, we, we, we've mentioned how... Chico has obviously, you know, been responsible for, and Solon have obviously, you know, beaten us. But you know, you guys beat us three nothing last season. I remember, like, mm. the, like last season, like we 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 started that season on a roll, and then we rolled into Chelmsford, and you guys turned us over three nothing. And even that gave me pause for forks because again, it was like this mult, this ridiculous offense that we have, and you guys just shut it down. You know, and I mean, I, I've always said, you know, Chico Cole is obviously the best netminder in the league. I think, I think Sonny Phillips is like the the next best behind Chico, and I, I think, you know, he's probably going to be the biggest free agent coming into this this off season in that goal in that goalie free agency market. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I have spoken very briefly with Sonny. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing. We're, we're not sure as to yet. We don't even know what Luca is doing as yet. There's yeah. possibilities of university. Um, we don't know what uh, Peter Check is doing, although his new pads may suggest he's staying. He's had a, a new pad set with some black and gold in them. But um, yeah, like I say, it could be a bit of a merry-go-round this year with the, some of the players being available from the national. As Joe alluded to, I had heard somewhere that Slough were going to attempt that jump. Um I I know they they tried it, and I know that despite 
tweets that you read and whatever posts that you might see that it was never going to happen like everyone will everyone will like to blame the bees for it and it, this, the story doesn't fit what actually happened if that makes sense <laughs> but the, i mean the, the thing as a whole see, when the nihl announced that they've got their 10 teams for next year and that's locked in that was kind of all put to bed but i think i don't know if you guys agree or have a, another method on it that the one and two need a reshuffle Eight teams in our league and thirteen in the one below is a is a massive discrepancy. There's no there's no drama for playoffs in our league. There's at least three teams down there that could hack it in the one, and I think probably for their own good, MK Thunder should probably be dropped to the two. I mean, Chris have had this discussion several times. And, you know, there's teams in NHL two that you could come up and again, if you believe rumors, I think. One of the ones I saw recently was that Lee Valley were meant to come up to South One, and I've seen Harringay obviously show the ambition to want to come up to South One. They'd be nice, and you know who wouldn't want to make two trips to Ali Pali? Yeah, lovely. Least. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I've, when Lee Valley's finished, that'll be a nice trip. <laughs> absolutely. I, me personally, I feel that hockey in this country is heading for something quite massive in just the terms of, again, it goes back to the whole cost of living thing. How much? everything is at the moment and just the way leagues higher up the pecking order are run i mean i'm not a fan of 15 imports in the elite league i'm barely if i said the ideal system would be eight four two one so eight in the elite league four in the national two in the south one one in south two and it because it just helps the brits you know we should be helping brits and come through and you know the whole thing of the national league's roster limits for this year and you know allowing import goalies again and you know the, the the glass ceiling shrinks ever further. And I think, you know, with the Elite League, you know, you always hear rumours of the Scottish teams want out and, you know, Solway want up into the National League. And if you can get something like Fife, Dundee, some of the SNL teams, the National League could be truly national. And then you'd have some of them drawn a drop down into a North and South. And I think once more, we're going to end up with a few, in a few years' time, with just more merry-go-round circus of hockey clubs in different mm. levels. And, we're not going to get anything in the terms of, you know, forward momentum in, the G, in terms of a GB squad producing talent. No, I mean, I do agree with the, with the import thing. I think they have upped it to three, haven't they, for next year? It's, it's three in all leagues. It, three it hasn't all been leagues. announced yet. It's three in all leagues. It was, oh, well, it, was, it was a line in that National League thing, and that's since been confirmed. Yeah, a few people didn't quite know how to read it, whether it just meant the National or it meant all leagues. And, and I took it that the roster limits were in the national but the three imports and the import goalies was in all leagues spoilers roster limits are confirmed in all leagues as well ah interesting ah okay because that that clashes with uh, there there are different there are different regs to the national league but i'm led to believe that there is going to be a roster limit in south one and south two and north one north two so the import goalie one is, is, is a funny one for us because we, as Chelmsford fans, possibly other UK hockey fans, I don't consider Peter Cech to be an import. He's, he's lived and worked in this country for over 20 years. Um, yes, he wasn't trained here as, a, as an ice hockey goalie, but he, he could get a British passport if he wanted to. Um, so the import goalie role, I think, will possibly help Chelmsford if he stays because we've got a Ukrainian lad in our setup who is legit, really looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, finished the season fantastically when Tassadri was keeping check on the pine. So it was um, 
and it, well, as much as it was decided to keep and check on the pine, it was also Sasha Maltsev playing that good that, that there was no point in playing check. It's one of the things in, in the summer, I help out with a cricket league down on the south coast, and one of the things I've had to do this year is help out with uh registering overseas players. And it's just been interesting that one of the rules that the well, the government have in terms of overseas players for club cricket is that if a person lives over here for a year and is here for, you know, 210 days, that player then counts as a Brit the next season. And with, with someone like Petr Cech or with, like, Drew Campbell on the South Coast, who has lived here, like I say, lived here for longer than they've lived in their home country, how can they not count as a Brit at this point? Well, the, the, the National was going to have had that rule a few seasons ago, and they seem to have abandoned it where they were. They were going to, like, if you did, if an import did, two, I think it was, like, two seasons over here they would then be classed as a brit a couple of seasons later um mm. and then they they've just abandoned it but i mean the, the interesting thing with that i mean obviously as we said like we're going back to the the, the merry-go-round with the goalies it's like that import go like that now that that handshake agreement is gone again that makes the the goalie market at this level very very interesting again because who's who's going to be you know ejected from national teams uh in term, you know for an import goalie yeah, so there could be more yeah. British ones available to step down. Yeah. And just British players in general with the age limit yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, if then roster limits do come in, then yeah, that's gonna change that will change a few teams' rosters, I'm sure. Yeah. But no. Excellent. We're looking forward into to next season then. Uh Chris, we'll go with you. What do you see happening down at Streatham next next year? Uh well, hopefully uh we're you know, more of the same. Um I, you know, it's going to be. It's it's all going to depend on what Ben manages to who Ben manages to convince to come back uh, from from this season. Because I mean, I've already heard of a couple of elements of the roster that are, uh, are departing elsewhere. Um, you know, but I mean that you know that, that that's that's hockey. You know, you you get to the end of the season, and there's turnover. But I mean, the great thing about this roster is is that that it's a bit cliche, but they are like a band of brothers. They you know, they, they stick together, they've stuck together for all this. And I think there'll be a large contingent in that locker room who view what happened on Sunday as, okay, this is unfinished business for us. We go again next year. We we go for the league title and, you know, we go to, you know, go to Coventry again, regardless of whether it's facing Solway or whoever, we, you know, we go again. Um, and that I think they'll, you know, I mean, I can, off the top of my head, I can definitely say like, I'd say Ryan Watt probably will definitely want to come back and have another another go at it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the net with Tom Annett's retiring. I'd love it if we could hopefully convince Danny Milton to stay and do a do a full time gig for us because he only played something like I think like started six or seven games for us this season. Joe, you're the the stats seven man. seven seven. seven. Seven in the regular season. He started the one game in the playoff court final, the yeah. semi-final, the final, and yesterday. So, so 11, just, 11 in total. We just got that minimum requirement through for him. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if like the one I'm desperate for us to keep hold of, I, and I, I, you know, I, I know a lot. I had a lot of uh, national level fans coming up and saying that Skokan bloke is quite handy. Um, like if the fans have noticed, that means national level owners will probably have noticed. Yeah. So potentially Thomas will uh, will hope will be uh, probably getting some interest from uh, from the higher level. But you know, I hope we can keep hold of him because 
I, I still am flabbergasted we got him uh, just because if you look at his record, like he's played Continental Cup hockey, he's played at the highest level in Poland. And when we, when we signed him, I was like, what, what is this guy doing here? This guy is a national level import. What, how have, I, I don't understand what. We've, we've said it on we said it on the comms for the weekend. He's played yeah. on teams with guys who've played in the elite league, <laughs> yeah. like, and put up numbers in the elite league. What's yeah. he doing in South One? Yeah, what is he doing? Like, I I have no idea what his reason for being here, but I'm I'm happy he's with us, and I hope he stays with us next year. Um, yeah. So Joe, it looks like a, a big rebuild for Solent next year then. It's going to be a big rebuild. You can't lose four guys who are integral to what the Devils were in one fell swoop. I, Steve Osman, I know. I would like to see him back. I don't think he will be because obviously his connections to Bristol and he basically only was a devil because they messed up on the amount of games he'd played. <laughs> but we'll take it. Um, I think the big thing for the Devils, and I think it's something they've already worked on, is how many players from Basingstoke can they get in? You're not going to be able. You're not going to be able to get all of them, but can you get some that can, you know, contribute at this level? Because Alex Murray, for all of his, you know, eccentricities, is a phenomenal coach, and the, he uses systems very well. And once players buy into those systems, the Devils are a very difficult team to beat, as everyone can attest to nowadays. Yeah. The big thing is obviously you you cannot possibly replace the man between the pipes. Mark Duffy, if he's back and if he's the starter, is basically staring at an unenviable job. It's a job that no one, no one within a three hundred mile radius of the south coast would want to try and step in that shoes. Um, I like to think that the Devils will be able to push Streatham again, or whoever, if it's Invicta, if it's Chelmsford, if it's Slough. I know for a fact that team will be willing to take on all comers, they'll welcome them down to Gosport and they will try and send them back packing. And it shows the difference that from a decade ago where Solon, if you saw them walk into your barn, it was an easy two points. You know, I was I've been doing the history start side of it and you know you're looking at trips to Chelmsford where they're losing twelve nil and eleven nil and I went I made the mistake of the first away game I went to was in Streatham and they lost nine nil. Thanks guys. <laughs> and now, now they're going there, and they're now a team that people are scared of, and it's and a testament to the amount of work Alex and others have put into that club over the last decade. So, whether they can rebuild it from what it has been, I don't know. Can they do it? Yes. Excellent. Yeah, I think I don't think we'll be having as big a rebuild this year at Chelmsford as we had last year, because obviously we lost five through retirement last year, and then an extra four sort of going elsewhere. Two of them did come back. Ethan Reid came back to us from Raiders. Um, Matty Turner, you turned on his retirement. Um, couple I, of other... I still have no idea how Ethan Reid couldn't, like, didn't get a fair crack of it at Romford. I'm sorry, like, last year, he was the most eye-catching player on the team that I, you didn't know beforehand. Mm. And the fact that, you know, a National League team basically decided, you know, nah, after 20 games, is ridiculous. I'd have him at the Bees in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's actually in Australia at the moment. All right for some, isn't it? Yeah. Holidaying, I hope. Not playing out there, because they've just started out there, haven't they? But, yeah, um, yeah so... We, yeah, we've, we've got Lewis Clifford coming in as head coach this year, so we could possibly see a little bit of Milton Keynes drifting down the M1 to Chelmsford. But we'll... Uh, hey, hey, Alex White's available. I wonder yeah. where he's going. I did yes, hear he was available, yeah. Did follow yeah. me on social media the other day as well. I won't read anything into that. 
But um, no, yeah, so I'm really looking forward again to, to, to the next season. Uh, I know all the lads are looking forward to having a bit of a break throughout the summer. <laughs> and um, yeah, look forward to how we, how we go next year. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. I am at some point going to go listen back to the stream and listen to your commentary, particularly of them last 90 seconds of the semi-final. Yeah, I'd quite like to listen back to it as well because I haven't actually seen a, I haven't seen a link or anything yet. I was, um, I was told that they were going to do highlights packages. I don't know where they've got to yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I know it took them a while to come out last year. I think it was I mean, June before they came out last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, we we don't want to harass Tim, our uh, our cameraman, who was very much the one of the, the you know the unsung hero of our our little trio that weekend. He he did a brilliant job putting up with uh, putting up with me and Joe in his ear all weekend. But I've no between... everywhere need that. Yeah, and, and was also brave enough to like try and get Mitch Murray out of the way when he was uh was in front of like blocking the camera shot at one point as well. I know they were showing highlights of last year's semi-finals during the uh, like the breaks and the periods and whatnot. And uh, one of the Chelmsford fans showed me on the Monday that oh, we were watching this yesterday, and then this highlight of this goal came up, and it was the Cam Bartlett goal in the Bristol game. And then the camera panned round to this goon in a white Chiefs jersey doing that. And I was like, oh, no. It's like, <laughs> it, oh, no. It <laughs> well, at least we know we've both done it now. You've got that clip. I'm going to have Hauschka sends them through to the final. Chris, it's all down to you, Nick. <laughs> Next season, I've got to have the howler. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure we'll bump into each other at some point next season. Yep, no doubt. Cheers, gents. A huge thank you to Joe and Chris for joining me, talking about their teams. That was a really, really enjoyable chat. Uh, and it does sort of take a little bit off what me and Anthony will be doing next week with the uh, the review of the season. We don't have to do Solent and Streatham now. That's all done. So, But then, boys, looking forward to next season. If you do see them at the rinks, uh, do say hello. They're lovely, lovely chaps. Right then, our next guest is coming to us from Korea. I did have to do this twice, but the second time worked a charm. This is Ellie Wakelin. Live from Suwon in Korea, Ellie Wakelin, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. This may sound a little bit like deja vu for us. We did do this yesterday, but unfortunately it didn't record, so we're back again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So yesterday you, you played Kazakhstan in your second warm-up game. Uh, unfortunately, it was a 3-1 defeat, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but I don't think the score necessarily reflected um, how we played. I think, it, like the coach said, it was more of like a one-all game, really. Uh, two goals that come from, but all three goals were goals that we could have done something different about. So for us, it's in a way that's a positive, knowing that if we adapt something small, the score might not be like that when we play them tomorrow. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're much, your first opponents, aren't they, in the tournament? Yeah. They are. So, yeah, like, as much as it was a loss, there was a lot of positives to take away from it. And uh, another positive to take from the first warm-up game where you beat Poland 6-2, I believe you were queen of the game. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the captain, Jody chose that for that game. Uh, I gave it back out yesterday to Katie Henry. But, yeah, it was nice to kind of get some like someone to see that you're putting effort in doing your best kind of thing so that's nice but yeah yeah. a bit of recognition from your captain as well is always good yeah it was nice and obviously as a team performance it was such a good game like everyone did their bit and obviously to beat the top ranked team 6-2 is great even though 
warm-up game it gives us a bit of a confidence boost going into the actual tournament so that's nice yeah so you're uh, a former cobra a former tomahawk a mohawk right now you're a raider a queen bee and a full gb international where did it all start for you uh at chelmsford so when i was four i started playing uh training to begin with and then i started playing properly when i was five so as family down that were at the rink all the time my dad played my uncle played my mum was a manager um and I was at the rink all the time with my mum doing her things. I used to help tidy up the kit cupboard, little bits like that. And then one day Martin just was like, Ellie, you need to just get on. Like, you're here all the time looking at the kit. Just put it on and see what happens. So I did it. And here I am however many years later. So Still going. And were you a natural skater? I think I had skating because I'd done it from very little I got to put straight on the ice when I could um wouldn't say I naturally knew how I wanted to kind of play hockey I went from a player to a goalie back to a player um but yeah I think I finally after having a go at goalie trying to be a forward I knew defense was like the place for me really uh, and with Raiders, of course, congratulations, you qualified for the playoffs, the Britain playoff finals uh, this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, lost in the semi-finals to Streatham, but put a great performance in. Yeah, the team did really well. Obviously, I didn't play um, much of the games in the playoffs because obviously I had to think about GB. As much as that was frustrating for me, um, Bucky and Ben like made the best decision for me to be able to come here because obviously I missed the last GB trip due to getting injured like two days before so yeah but as a team the team played really well it was unfortunate to end up with Streatham I think in the semi-finals but for what it was the team did their best and yeah kind of rounded off the season nicely for us to make that weekend. Yeah they uh, there was a bit of fixture confusion coming into the playoff weekend obviously Raiders upset the apple cart by being one of the lower seeds beating one of the top the top seeds beating Slough of course the the third seed and, and I did see you very briefly on the Saturday but um, obviously you wouldn't have even been able to play on the Sunday had you have made it because you flew straight out to Korea. Yeah obviously the finals was at the same time as we had to meet at Heathrow so yeah even if we made it into the final I wouldn't have been able to be there. Um, I'd have been able to watch on the stream whilst walking around through security and stuff but yeah I wouldn't have been able to be there unfortunately so yeah. Uh, so you flew obviously uh, straight out to Korea from Heathrow with your GB team. Uh, how's it all been since you got out there? The the training rink looks lovely. They've set the change room up nice for you, and uh, and your hotel doesn't look too bad. Yeah, obviously being the, one of the lower ranked teams, don't get the best uh, changing room. We've uh, got like one shower between all of us. Oh really? <laughs> we're like sharing with Slovenia, like we like using their showers because they've only got one as well. So. Um, We've got stalls with like sofas as benches almost, but obviously you make do with what you've got. Uh, the rink's lovely. Someone said that they'd made it just really kind of, we're one of the first things to have happened in the rink, so that's nice. Um, and the hotel's fine. It's quite a nice hotel. The staff are lovely. The food's all right. So, yeah, so far it's all been good. Been on the ice, had two training camps, I think about six or seven training sessions already and obviously that's before the tournament even starts so 
that's all yeah. been good yeah so you're all, you're all well in and uh, and well well prepared uh korea as a country are they particularly an ice hockey nation i don't really know um we played them at i'm pretty sure we played them at the olympic qualifiers um and obviously we're playing them now but i've not really heard too much about different teams that are local or anything like that but they're definitely a team that um we'll have to compete with i think they're ranked third in our division so um they can't be that bad um, no i mean over that side of the world the japanese are doing great things at, at women's level of ice hockey yeah definitely so i think they're um, above us aren't they yeah it's a sport that's great they gave they gave canada quite a scare i think in the last winter olympics Good to see more countries getting that opportunity rather than just it always being Canada, America, Sweden. It's nice that other countries are starting to get themselves out for Absolutely, Absolutely. especially women as well, because it's, do you know, I mean, they're, they're one of the, in this country particularly, I think the women are progressing at a faster rate than the men. So it's it's really good that the other countries are joining in with that. Yeah, definitely. And um, like you say, it's not women's hockey is a minority hockey in general is a popular sport in england compared to things like football but women's hockey even less so the fact is kind of getting out there a bit more is a really good thing for us i think especially for um us in gb is there's not really any publicity about it whatsoever at the moment so the fact that we're working our way up the divisions now i think will definitely help us with that yeah i think it's, it's going to be the sort of thing that it's going to have to take an Olympic appearance to get it into the mainstream. Um, if you look at what the Lionesses did with the football, girls playing football has just gone mad since last summer. Definitely. Um, and I think uh, if, if the GB ladies do make that next Olympics, I think it could have the same effect, almost like uh, your own version of the Mighty Ducks. You could be uh, doing it for the British girls. It would be pretty. Obviously, it's every, all of us love to make the Olympics. It's one of my biggest like dreams is to go to the Olympics with the Everton starting to play hockey it's something I've always wanted to do so obviously we'll have Olympic qualifiers again end of this year beginning of next year I think it is um so yeah hopefully from that we might be able to make it yeah no that'll be fantastic if you do so the um you've arrived out there with with your teammates are you rooming with someone familiar uh yeah I'm with one of my best friends Amy uh she lives in America now uh going doing college hockey so we don't see each other that often but they room us together every year because they know it's like the only time we get to like spend together mm. um so yeah i'm with one of my best mates which is which is good and there's quite a raft of you that have come through the like the under 18s and the 16s and everything together and you're now in the seniors is that sort of great for the team harmony you've got that blend of youth and experience in that yeah definitely we're a really close team we're like a family like it doesn't matter who you're spending time with there's always conversation you don't feel awkward like you're happy to sit with anyone at the table so that's good everyone spends different time with different people can do different things um and like you say we all know each other really well and we now know each other on the ice even better so it means that we've got a lot of chemistry throughout the team um which definitely helps with our performances i think yeah it's good banter in the group yes definitely we've got a got a microphone that we have with a karaoke on it that you might see on social media with Katie Marsden yeah. singing constantly. But yeah, it's good. The band and we all get on, so that's nice. Have you got a karaoke song? 
Mm, the my karaoke song of the tournament would probably be like "Murder on the Dance Floor" or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. You give us a give us a blast now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I, I also do a boxing podcast, and I was recording that with uh, Robbie Davis Jr., British and Commonwealth champion, the other day, and we all very nearly broke into singing R. Kelly, which is. I'm not even sure how that came about. <laughs> uh, with your um, with your gear, uh, obviously, I'm assuming when you started at four, you probably had to sort of just wear whatever was around. But um, since it's been your main sport, do you wear the same brand, the same style? Uh, pretty much Bauer, everything. I have CCM for elbows and leg pads. That's it. Yeah. And have you ever had any help, sort of sponsorship-wise, with equipment? <clears throat> um, my grandparents have helped me out massively. Obviously, my parents. Um, my uncle has his own business, so that business has always kind of helped out too. Um, I've been fortunate to have a couple of sponsors this season for sticks and skates, which has been a massive help because my skates were battered and I snapped like three sticks within a month, I think it was, and I never really snap any sticks, so that wasn't great. Obviously, it is expensive, and we've been quite fortunate that this year Ice Hockey UK have helped us out with sticks for the tournament, so... Oh, that is, that's that's good. Yeah, it's good to get some help. It's it's something actually that I don't think a lot of people until with a stick, particularly until you actually get one in your hands and sort of feel what they're made of and feel the bend and the flex in it. And then if you see one broken and see what's actually on the inside, because they're hollow. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people would be massively surprised to see one and then think, oh, like, I'm not sure, like feel it and think that ain't going to break. And then when you actually see one broken, you think, Jesus, how does it stay in one piece? Oh, the stick I've got for this tournament, uh, I, we got the first time when we got here, I was using it, the Nexus, and I can't even feel it in my hands, it's that light, and you just think, for something so light, it is so expensive, but it's just yeah. how it is, yeah. And how right. does it hit that puck at such a velocity without breaking every time? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Uh, I've got some questions that have come from the, the Zero Pucks listeners. Obviously, you're, you're still quite popular amongst Chelmsford fans, despite being in the um, the navy and blue of the enemy at the moment. But um, you did got, I think you got a lot of respect when you came back to Chelmsford with the Raiders this year. Um, from the fans, particularly, although Chris Beckett did board you, didn't he, into the into the boards? Yeah, he felt very bad. I said to him, <laughs> it wasn't a heavy hit or anything. It was it's more me just not being ready for him falling a bit, did he? but. Yeah, he apologised to me about 10 times for it. And I was like, Chris, I'm not hurt. I'm not stressed. Don't worry about it. Nah. And he got five minutes for it. So it's punishment punishment due, I think. Yeah, it gave us a, an advantage. It did, yeah. Good good close game that was. I think Raiders actually took it overtime, to my memory. I think you might be right. Mm. So I've got a question from, uh, from Charlie. She has asked, what advice would you give to someone that's new to playing and your number one tip to improve? Uh, new to play and I'd say get as much ice time as you can uh, go public skating get your skating up skating is probably the biggest part of the game if you can't skate the rest of it's kind of useless you need mm. to, be able to, skate to get to a position to score to defend to do all of that stuff so definitely go session skating get as much ice as you can and enjoy it I think I said to you yesterday it's, there's a lot of hours with hockey you spend a whole weekend traveling you spend your evenings at the rink if you don't enjoy it what's the point so exactly sure. yeah and when you're traveling there's a good hockey podcast you can listen to well yeah exactly <laughs> Get on 
Uh, I had a question from Daisy Arben who asked uh, how old were you when you started playing and did you pick it up quickly but we did sort of cover that earlier that at four years old you sort of got into it and never looked back so hope that's covered for that for you Daisy. Uh, Scott has asked what is it like being the only female player in the league and how tough is it being a female in a men's league? Uh, it's good um, I enjoy playing in that league um, I enjoy the speed and the intensity of it and obviously as a defender, I feel like I have to use my brain a bit quicker, playing at that higher tempo. So for me, it has really improved my game um, and helps me when I come away with GB and playing them tougher teams. I think I'm a bit more prepared because of that. Um, obviously, I'm quite lucky I have a team who will respect me, who are all happy with me playing with them. Nobody really treats me any different. Um, got coaches that will play me with Ben and Bucky um, and obviously Lucas is now helping so um, I've been quite fortunate with that obviously it'd be nice to see some more girls playing in that league but it just like I said yesterday depends on what other people other coaches see in their teams but um, yeah I've been quite respected as well with the other teams like they they respect me enough to not kind of kill me but to not let me have the puck at the same time they'll still give me a bit of a bump along the boards or whatever so yeah yeah I think the next generation is probably coming actually I've spoken to a few young ladies on this podcast uh, Lily Endicott, Abby Minter, uh, Talia Davidson-Wright who are probably gonna they're 16 now so as they move up through their youth sort of parts in their female hockey I would imagine we'll probably see some of them in the NIHL yeah definitely there's um, a few of them I think all three of them Lily plays and Talia play Queen Bees where I play. They do, yeah. Uh, I've been on a line with Lily for a few games, which has been fun. Um, obviously, there's quite a few girls playing NHL too as well, which is good. There is, um, yeah. So, yeah, all of that's good. And like you say, the girls coming up are definitely talented players and all enjoy playing both women's and boys hockey. So hopefully they continue that when they're seniors too. Absolutely. I don't actually have her name down in front of me, but there is a netminder at Bristol Pitbulls 2 who is fantastic. Female netminder. Try I'm not sure who that is. No, I, I haven't got her name down, but yeah, having I've seen seen some of her stuff online. She's she's brilliant. Yeah, there's there's some very good female goalies, that's for sure. Do you think there's possibly a, a difference between being a female goalie and a male goalie, particularly perhaps with flexibility in the legs? Because when, yeah. when we watch Lucas stretch it, it's just, it's impossible to think how a man can stretch his legs out like that into that sort of butterfly split position. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Um, it's probably a scientific research behind it, but nothing I've ever kind of looked into. But yeah, I guess, I guess it comes down to also like personal stuff. Like as a goalie, you've got a kind of practice your flexibility, things like that. So I think that all comes into play. But yeah, I guess there probably is a difference for both men and women of how they can do things like that. But I'll ask Luca. I'll get him to read Well, I'm not as we, as this won't be coming out obviously until the episode comes out. I'll actually be speaking to Luca later tonight. He's just arrived home from Serbia, so I will yeah. be briefly speaking to Luca. Got a bronze medal now, hasn't he? They have got a bronze medal. They did very well. He, I think Luca played most of the games actually. I don't think he played the last one. But um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic performances. Um, yeah, I watched one of the games when before I come out, 
uh, Luca is playing. Uh, he's had quite a good tournament from what I've heard. Obviously, I spoke to him a couple of times. So, one second, my doorbell's just going. Yeah, you got your room service. <laughs> yeah. I think we've got some GB teammates in the background there. Sorry, I got my jump. It was someone being silly. (laughs) And proof. Green, but. uh, Proof that the banter is good. Yeah, but back to what I was saying. uh, I spoke to Luca a couple of times to see how he's getting on out there. Um, Because obviously I've played juniors with him. And yeah, he said he's had a good tournament. So that's all good. Yeah, he's getting a lot of recognition, um, particularly from sort of the higher echelons of the game as well. So it's it's something Chelsea fans have actually come to accept in the last couple of years that enjoy him while we can, because he, he may not be ours forever. So uh, yeah, be playing at a higher league. I think. I think he'll probably get a few um, coaches asking for him. He's a very good goalie. He is indeed. I've uh, got a question from Sophia Gatland, who's the, the Riverside's famous sign girl. Um, what's your favourite chocolate bar? i say probably Marvelous Creations. Mm. I can't. I like the popping. Yeah, probably yeah, a bit of Cadbury's chocolate with popping candy. Or I think they do like jelly beans in there as well, don't they, in them? They do. It's yeah, that's probably been my chocolate of choice if I had to pick one. Yeah, if you can't find that, because they can be tough to find. A Whisper Gold, I think. Oh, that's a really controversial choice. Yeah, I quite like it. I've got another question from, uh, this come from social media, I don't know if it's a joint profile or it's one person, but Robin Elaine Potter, how does it feel to have a sibling in the GB set up with you? Uh, it is cool. Um, obviously, it's nice to know that Brindley's doing well uh, with his hockey. Um, and making GB, like, I think I mentioned it yesterday. You can talk about the experiences you have, but unless you're actually going away with your teammates, you don't really understand it. Like, when you say, oh, I played golf in the corridors because we had four hours free time and we had nothing else to do, everyone looks at you a bit weirdly, like, why didn't you just do something simple? But when you're away, you understand it because you understand the team dynamics, like, the different things you can and can't do. So it's nice that we'll be able to speak with each other about like our experiences and like the countries we're visiting. Um, but yeah, it is cool to say that we both play GB. Like, I guess yeah, we're saying that. Yeah, it is cool. An incredible and, sense of pride for your parents as well, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure um, it's nice to be able to see both myself and my brother doing well with hockey um especially after the amount of hours they've put into kind of getting us to all the rinks all the games but uh Brindley's away next week with GB16 so hopefully well more this week I think it is um hopefully I'll be able to watch a few of the games around our schedule yeah have you two ever gone head-to-head never he's actually where he well we trained with us at uh Raiders too so we've had a few scrimmages but we've never played against each other in an actual game I don't want to if I'm being honest nah do you think you'd smash him probably make me look stupid with a toe drag or something (laughs) and he's six foot three so his legs are double the size of mine oh wow really yeah it's funny it's one of those sports actually that body wise there's not a perfect body shape or body size for an ice hockey player 
it can be anything as long as you've got that that ability and that skating ability yeah you, you just pull it off anyway you just gotta have a good level of fitness i think um and like i say practice a lot and then it comes but yeah you're right obviously it can make a difference of things like speed and stuff like that but everyone finds their own kind of way of doing things yeah so yeah Brilliant. It gives, gives balance to a roster as well, I suppose. If you've got a few big guys, a few small guys, it's uh, with with speed and power, it brings a lot of balance. Yeah, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. So if you combine everyone's strengths together, you can probably make quite a solid team. So, yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, Kazakhstan tomorrow then is the first game of the tournament. Yep, twelve fifteen here, I think. Yes, I think I'm going to find the the YouTube link on the GB Ice Hockey pages and I will share that out for everyone. So if you're uh, skipping off work in the middle of the day. Yeah, I'm going to watch. Well, it'll be 4.15am for you guys there, I think. So. Oh, yeah, these time, times are all over the show, aren't they? It's, uh, and that would be. So, yeah, it is early, but honestly, like, the girls really appreciate all the support we're getting from home, like, even now, just throughout the training counts, there's been really positive comments coming from home, which has been nice. And it is all getting recognised. So, Yeah, no, and, that is fantastic. Yeah, and it's just, so it's nearly six o'clock in the evening just out there in Suwon. Uh, yeah. luck, luckily, you can't see my bottom half. I'm still in my pyjamas. It's, uh, it's early morning here on a Sunday. So, uh, Ellie, thank you so much for your time. Obviously, twice, because we had our, our little mishap yesterday. But, um, yeah, really do appreciate your time and good luck for the rest of the tournament. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. A massive thank you to Ellie for joining me. Obviously joining me twice, but yeah, we got that done in the end. Girls are having a great time out in Korea. Since recording, they've actually beaten Kazakhstan 1-0 in their opening game. So fantastic stuff for the GB ladies out there. Right then, our next guest. I know that you guys really, really do have a lot of time for this young man. He's just arrived home from Serbia. Luka Tasadri. Back home, safe and sound from Serbia, Luka Tasadri. How are you doing, fella? I'm good. How are you, mate? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me again. You're the first player to do a double uh, double appearance on Zero Bucks Given. I had to come back. I enjoyed the first one. So, you know, <laughs> get me back on the second one. It was quite some while ago now, actually. I think it was uh, early November. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was time ago, but we're back, we're back. So congratulations on your bronze medal from from the tournament. Um, four wins from five, and uh, some great performances from you and many of the lads. Uh, how, how did it go for you? You know what? We were one hundred percent take bronze, considering from where we started. We had, we had a warm up game against Romania, and we we lost that four one. So to uh, to pick up uh, three wins from five and an overtime loss is a uh, I think it's good going for us, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, and you sort of returned the the favour to Romania, didn't you, after that that first loss? Yeah, yeah. we had to get revenge, you know. Um, it was coming, it was coming. We we were feeling good in the room, and you know, a bad side, but they were a beatable side, um, which we could tell by a warm up. In our warm up game, we had to just adjust a few things and. Uh, yeah, we beat them in the end. 
Excellent. So travel to Slovakia first for training camp and then on to Serbia. Was it decided in Slovakia who would be the starter? Because you did start most, most of the games. Or was it just between you and Alfie, both number ones? In Slovakia, it was between me and Alfie. Um, you know, we split the game 50-50. Like, it, it was said in Slovakia that it's all up for grabs. Like, anyone can take anyone's spot. And I guess as soon as we got to uh, got to Serbia, finished the first training session, uh, I got the heads up, I got the nod, and uh, it just kind of went from there. You know, I, I started uh, started every game apart from the last one, where you know it was good to see Alfie getting going. He deserved it. You know, it, it, I know it's uh, I know it is it's tough being on the bench, right? But yeah, I'm, I'm 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 so happy to see him in goal. Yeah, it was, it was much fun. Yeah, I mean, I can see there was there was a chance that they had on the power play where he was, he made a phenomenal save, and your celebration from the bench was almost bigger than his. I saw I saw it on Twitter. I saw it. I, you see me banging on the glass and jumping up and down. Now I was I was a uh, I was proper happy for him. Yeah, you're you're a special breed though, aren't you, goalies? You're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah, we we all have to love each other. Can't hate on it. Can't hate on any goalies. Nah. So your performance is out there around you. Quite a few plaudits uh, on, online. You know, your name has been banded around quite a lot. Um, and you're a firm favourite at the Chieftains. Your, your form was keeping check, riding the pine this year. Um, you obviously know the importance of keeping your feet on the ground because you're a very level-headed young man. Uh, how, how do you manage that yourself? It's just the way I've been brought up, you know. It's just like my dad always says, keep humble, keep respectful. I guess uh, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm chilled out because I'm really not chilled out. But I'm so uh, so active and so hyper. But as soon as it comes to like in hockey, that's where you know I have to cut out all this uh, all this nonsense and uh, do my job. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I have to I have to do what's I have to do what's a part of the team and do my business. And hopefully the others do theirs. Yeah. Uh, so the season just gone with the Chieftains. Uh, it's mid-table finish, cup finalists, obviously, as well. Um, all on the back of a massive rebuild, multiple ins, multiple outs, um, and a change of coach mid-season. Um, could you break the season down for us, just from your point of view? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I won't be the first to uh, say it, but it wasn't a, a great season from us. Obviously, it's tough when we have five guys retiring and we have to completely rebuild and... On on paper we were really good, but we just didn't have the greatest of seasons. And I mean, we can only apologise to the fans, and hopefully we'd be better next year. But um, it was a slow start. It was it was we got to the final, picked up momentum, and I mean, Invicts is the only team which we couldn't we couldn't get past in the end. But yeah. that's just that's just how hockey goes. It is how hockey goes. Yeah, it was an incredible ten-game series against Invicta this year. I think uh, I think they won nine of the ten. It's yeah, thank God. I, I, I'm sick to death of playing them. I don't want to play them again. I've seen <laughs> the games too many times. Just yeah, but it's out of ten games. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. We lost nine, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed playing against them. It was a, it was tough in it, and I. It made us all work hard, and I mean, they they are a good side. They won the cup for a reason. So, 
Yeah, no, they, they, they certainly showed they were a good side. They were quite unlucky as well in the playoff semi-final. That was um, the same sort of crazy stuff that happened in the Chelsea Bristol semi-final last year was, was happening in that that Solent Invicta semi-final. So you can never really you can never call that happening. So what what would you say has been the main ingredient in your progression? Because we discussed on your first appearance on Zero Pucks back in November, the fans took you straight away. You love a full barn and the raucous atmosphere. You really feed off a bit. But in the last 18 months, you have just matured well beyond your years as, as a player and as a human being. So it's uh, what's been the main ingredient uh, behind that? I don't know. Maybe if you, I feel old. Don't get me wrong. I feel old. Like, I feel like I've been around for ages. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, I, I, I used to travel with these boys when I was 14, 15. And I've kind of grew up in this uh this environment anyway so i've been i've been around for a few years and i think it's more just like when, when you're young it's like you're eager to get in there and get ready and don't get me wrong i'm still i'm still eager to get in there but i think it's because i've been around for you know with the team for a few years you know you kind of settle down and know where you're at really so and you obviously you had a think Sorry, I think that I think that I think that's where uh, my my progression has kind of shone through because I know where I'm at. Yeah, you had a great relationship with Sonny Phillips when he was at the Chieftains as well. Did you find uh, that Peter was a really good influence for the sort of the mental side? Yeah, I mean, he's he's what, what there's not much more you can say. He's a Champions League winner, like to have. It is pretty sick and to, you know, we've had conversations and one-to-one and you, you learn from him. You do. You know, he's been, he's been, he's, he's one more. So to, to learn off of him is, uh, it is pretty cool. Yeah, no, he's, um, and I'm assuming actually looking at his new pad set, he may well be coming back. So it's... <laughs> Oh, they do look good. Um, but, I mean, hopefully he comes back, but only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, so that was one thing, actually, watching the streams of the Great Britain games. It was quite easy to spot which of you was in goal because you pad set all black and Alfie pad set all white. Yeah, that's, well, that was probably the main difference. Players, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's, um, did have a good time sort of in, in general out there then obviously a lot of you lads would have played together throughout the age groups so you all know each other quite well um, and you had a, a couple of former Chelmsford yeah. Academy players out there with you Sam Lyon and of course Archie Salisbury has been with the Chieftains this year Yeah I mean some, some of the boys I've played with and most of them I played against with and they're all they are all phenomenal players it's, it is it is so good to play with even, even like 2006 is like they are they are seriously good and they were uh, I'm sure they were you know do well next year I don't know what the team will look like next year but I'm sure they'll do uh, do do just as fine if not better yeah is there another age group above the 18s before he gets to the seniors you got under 20s uh, they their tournaments in uh, uh, December time I think like early December time so you know for me it's uh I'm, I'm, I want that spot, but, you know, I do want to go away considering, you know, the 18s, that was so much fun. I, I'm sure the 20s would be a good laugh and I'm, uh, don't get me wrong, I'll try and I'll push to um, 
get that 20 spot but that's only like a few months away yeah of course yeah i'd imagine there's probably a little bit more freedom with the 20s maybe going out for a beer on a, on a day off no i don't know i don't know <laughs> hopefully hopefully but you know it, it depends how it depends how it goes yeah how did you find um slovakia and serbia then are they countries you've been to before i went i went to slovakia like the the place we played in uh we played in there for england under 13s so it was like i guess it was a nice little throwback you know you go i haven't been to that rink since i was 12 or something like that so it was it was nice to be there in a it's i mean serbia is serbia like it is a nice place but you could tell you're in eastern europe you can yeah but you know the people the people there are, are really nice like we we spoke to many uh many of the serbians and like we had our uh we had this uh tall guy which uh helped us around her name was jackie she was she was lovely but all the serbians are they are really nice and you did play and beat the host as well didn't you yeah we did we did that was a that was a fun to play in. um you know i don't know if uh it's all live stream but i don't know if they picked up there was a there was quite a bit of fans there was um which i mean only benefits me because i like playing in front of fans anyway yeah I mean, the, the way the stream was set up it was you couldn't see any, any fans it was showing the, the side of the rink that was bare but you could certainly hear it especially in that serbia game it was it was proper loud and like the the way the rink is set out like it is the when when you can't see the camera like the stack of the fans it was rows and rows and rows it literally like the rows went on forever really it's all filled with Serbian fans yeah so it was it was it was really good and you know when 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 you conceded you you, you certainly heard it. you did it. Yeah, I think there was there was still a few good cheers when the GB managed to score as well. So it was, uh, I wouldn't have said 50-50 crowd wise, but you certainly had a few people shouting for you out there. We did, did their did bit, and I can, you know, I can thank my my dad and my brother for coming out and supporting me, and even even for people watching at home, we can we can only thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the support was great. Uh, everything I saw online, and I, I shared everything I could find. That yeah, everyone was really, really pleased for the boys and the the way they played. Obviously, getting the bronze medal. Was there uh, any any good banter? Any good stories going on from the hotel? Any good banter? To be fair, like the team were the team. We were all as one, so you know, we we all got along so well. But stories, I I don't think it would be very. Uh, very suitable for this. No, not very broadcastable. Not for the podcast, not for the kids at home, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like, it was, it was, we were such a close group and if, like, someone did something, everyone would get involved and, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was good. All right. Something I've, I've been wanting to ask you recently, because I only really noticed it in the last few games of the season, that you and Peter play with your blocker and your glove in different hands. So yeah, what yeah. Ha- what handed does that make you? I, I'm right-handed. Like I write and I kick with my right, but I just catch with my left because that's just that's just how I grew up with. I guess it's just how you grow up with. Really? Because do you think that makes that makes it difficult, perhaps, for oppositions when you've got a goalkeeper, two or two goalkeepers that are different-handed, because obviously the it's harder to score one side than it is the other. <laughs> 
it does throw you off a little bit. I know, like, in training, like, with the Chiefs, some boys, well, I, they used to get thrown off by it when he first joined, but I don't know if they get thrown off by it now, but it's just the way you grow up and you learn to play hockey. It's, I don't know, it's, it's the first person I've seen in, in, uh, in person who does play the opposite opposite hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just something I noticed, and I thought it must be uh, it must be quite difficult for for a forward player if you're coming up with the puck and you're you're seeing a, a netminder that's got his stick and his blocker in one certain position, and then obviously if you get one that's the other handed, it's all the other way around. So it's yeah. I mean, some some people just constantly shoot a uh, shoot glove, and uh, the, you know they they know their spot to shoot and better just blocks it, I guess. But it's the same goes for the other way. If you constantly shoot blocker and Pat has this massive glove and it's just going in there, you've got to find a different way to score. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's your job to keep them all out. Yeah, of course, of course. We try our best. We do. So, you're, uh, you're, you're done with, with hockey now for this season? You've got yourself a bit of time off? Yeah, I've got time off. Well, i say time off. I'll probably train throughout summer and... Uh, you know, this I I want to relax a bit. You know, I got exams in that coming up, so but by by that by the time that's done, uh, I'll be getting back to training and uh, hopefully sorting myself out for next year and you know getting back in a goal and hopefully saving some more pucks. Absolutely, mate. Well, all the best for your summer. You you certainly deserve a break and a bit of relaxation. And when we find out whatever you're doing next year, make sure you come and tell us. No, of course. Thank you very much, mate. Thank Good. you. You're a good man. Thanks for coming on. Congratulations on your bronze, mate. And uh, hopefully see you next week at the end of season presentation. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll see. Hopefully I see you and many others there as well. Yeah, you won't miss my shining head, mate. No, I can't wait. I can't wait. Good man. Cheers, Luca. See ya. See ya. A massive thank you to Luca Tassadri for joining me. He only arrived back in the country on that Sunday and we spoke on the Sunday evening. So a massive thank you for him to him for joining me. And a well done to those GB18s boys coming away from Serbia with a bronze medal. That is it. Episode 30 is in the bank. I'd like to say a massive thank you to all of my guests, to Joe and Chris for giving up a massive part of their evening to discuss hockey. But we know they love it anyway. And to Ellie Wakeling, thank you so much for her joining me live from Korea. Twice, obviously, the second time we got it. And another thank you to Luca Tassadri for joining me on the podcast as well. We have got one more episode to go this season. I will be joined next week by Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall to break down all of the teams in the NIHL 1 South, apart from Solent and Streatham because we've done them with Joe and Chris. Uh, And we'll break down all of their seasons and look forward to next season as well, as well as giving you all the results from the, uh, the Chelmsford presentation evening. So what players won what, and, uh, and anything that sort of goes down. There won't be any recording from that session. We're going to give the players and myself, of course, a night off. But we'll give you all the details of that on next week's episode. So, yeah, please do all you can with the listening and the sharing and the following and whatnot and get all of that out there. really does help the podcast grow, and I appreciate it no ends. Honestly, it really, from the bottom of my heart, absolutely appreciate it. We are, of course, in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, Uh, Search them up on the social media channels and follow them. An incredible message they're putting out, fighting knife crime with ice skating. And we are sponsored by Ivory Tower Fitness, 
the premier private gym and personal training studio in Colchester. You can find them on social media as well. Just search Ivory Tower Fitness. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.